In the midst of the hottest summer in 120,000 years, California's one of its largest ski resorts just wrapped up its season. It's August. Why did the sun monster leave them alone? We'll talk about it. Plus, the Biden administration is still giving money to a Taliban-led Afghanistan. You'll be shocked by the number. And on top of that, we'll revisit the Afghanistan withdrawal with a story from a gold star mother. And the trans ideology has been pushed to its natural conclusion. A gentleman wants to be the first trans woman to have an abortion. We'll talk about it all today on the Palmetto Family Matters Show. Welcome in. The news was just too great. Too much going on. Had to jump in for a show today. We didn't plan on this. No. Uh, but eh, I got nothing else going on. It's Tuesday, August the 8th, the year of our Lord, 2023, 11.01 at the time of this recording. Dang. Justin Hall, Mitch Prozer here with you. Real quick, let's get the honorifics out of the way. Make sure you like and share this video on Five Facebook or YouTube. Hopefully Facebook keeps this one up. <laughs> And then if you are listening on the podcast version, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get it, five-star rating and review, send those along, helps us out, helps drive the numbers. You made last month one of our best months ever. We're hoping to duplicate that and beat it in the month of August. All right, enough of that. This from NPR, your tax dollars at work. California's Mammoth Mountain is wrapping up its second longest season after 275 days. The lifts at Mammoth Mountain in California will stop spinning on Sunday, this past Sunday, after an incredible season, the second longest ski season in the resort's history, and nearly 900 inches of record-breaking snowfall. Tucked in the eastern Sahara Mountains, Sierra Mountains, pardon, Mammoth is California's highest ski, ski resort at just over 11,000 feet. So elevation matters. Elevation does matter. It's about, what, two miles? Two miles in elevation? Yeah, five to two hundred eighty. I just watched yeah, Remember just the a- Titans last night, so how many feet are in a mile? How many <laughs> feet are in a mile? 5,280 of and them. And they're 1,620 yards in a mile. Correct. Okay, so, yeah, it's, it's you know, I, I, like I go to yards, then convert back to inches, and then get to miles. <laughs> and I count to it. All right. So, All right, yeah. and though it's not unusual for the mountain to stay open into late spring, a nine-month season... Stretching into August has only happened two other times. This year, on July 4th, almost the entire upper mountain was open. It was basically full go, said Tim Leroy, co-founder of Bluebird Communications and Mammoth Mountain spokesperson. That is just so foreign. The mountain was scheduled to open on November 11th, 2022, but early season snowstorms, coupled with colder temperatures for snowmaking, allowed the mountain to open almost a week early on November 5th. However, this season's longevity was made possible due to atmospheric rivers that pummeled California over the winter. These corridors of concentrated moisture vary in size, according to the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. But at over 1,000 miles long and an average of 250 to 375 miles wide, the average atmospheric river carries an amount of water vapor roughly equivalent to the average flow of water at the mouth of the Mississippi River. So, atmospherically, there's water vapor that could fill the mouth of the Mississippi Delta. That's a lot. 
And exceptionally strong atmospheric rivers can transport up to 15 times that amount, which condenses and falls to the earth as rain and snow. Ma- uh, Mammoth Mountain recorded 116 inches in December, which was higher than average, but nowhere near record setting. A whopping 220 inches, or better yet, here you go, Mitch, 18 feet of snow fell in January, the second snowiest January on record. But the big deal is that it stayed open. It it snowed so much. It covered the... It lift. stayed open. It covered the ski lifts. Yeah. You couldn't use the lifts. Why does the sun monster not hate Mammoth Mountain so much in California? It's a, a good question. Or is this an example of extreme weather conditions? Is this is this because of the of the coal? Is this because of fossil fuels? Uh, it could be. It could be that you know that that winter effect of global warming, or needless to say, climate change. Climate change. We can't call it global warming. I will. I will say when I heard this on NPR this morning, brought to you your taxpayer dollars Mm. at work. uh, When I heard this, it is not found in the article. I just looked. They did uh, the obligatory. Um, global warming talk at the end where we need to be teaching people that these are just the byproducts of aggressive climate change and we need to become advocates for the the climate and the planet and we, you know Greta Thunberg would be happy here um, she might even get her snow skis on uh, but yeah this picture of July the <laughs> July the 4th it's just so foreign to me to, I mean, there's uh, three people in a row. One is skiing down in shorts. One has like a American flag, like the Rex Quando uh, pants, uh, if you know what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. uh, from uh, a particular movie from the mid thousands. Uh, Holy dynamite! Yeah, I would build there a cake. And then another lady has apparently like a uh, American flag bathrobe flying down the slope, uh, carrying, uh, you know, waving an American flag. It's kind of like when we went. Um, um, snorkeling uh, early on in our marriage when we lived in a tropical island. Yes, uh, weird flex. Um, we went snorkeling on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. So it's just really foreign. Mm-hmm. But that's the beauty of the planet that God has given us. And whether <laughs> yes. it's broken, yes, because of the sin curse fall, man, whether it's broken or not, and it is, God still uses his creation to show us how good he is to us. So if you can snow ski in August, Do it. by all means. By the way, you mentioned uh, St. Greta, St. Greta Thunberg of the the Blessed Sailboat. A Swedish court back in July uh, fined her for disobeying police during an environmental protest at an oil facility. Thunberg, age 20, admitted to the facts but denied guilt, saying the fight against the fossil fuel industry was a form of self-defense. We cannot save the world by playing by the rules. We are in an emergency that threatens life, health, and property. Countless people are at risk. It's correct I was at that place on that day, and it's correct that I received an order that I didn't listen to, but I want to deny the crime. How dare you? What? She was fined 2,500 kronar. You know what that is in U.S. dollars? I'm looking it up. Do you know? Yeah. I got it right here. $240. So hopefully St. Greta of the Blessed Sailboat can take care of that. The big thing is, with this Mammoth Mountain, just found it interesting that amidst all the global warming and horrific climate issues, uh, we are seeing 
ski resorts stay wide open. Now to something more difficult, and I can't really joke about this. Um, August of 2021, am I correct on that? August of 2021, our government decided in their infinite wisdom that now was the time to tuck tail and run out of Afghanistan mm-hmm. and leave it for the, uh, the Taliban, yeah. who are some of the absolute worst people on the planet, goat herders who should not be able to take over a country, um, were allowed to take over the country. Oh. Um, in that withdrawal, which again, I don't, I don't think anybody is necessarily not okay with withdrawing from Afghanistan in a concise, well thought out manner that works. However, we all knew what was coming. The the botched evac exfil of troops and personnel from Afghanistan caused a vacuum that would naturally be filled by. Bad actors. Correct. Bad actors being the Taliban, ISIS, and China. So within that, within that evac, at the Kabul Air Base, there was a suicide bomber. Mm -hmm. The bomb killed 13 American American soldiers. Now, when you kill 13 American soldiers, that's usually, usually... An act of war. I, I know. Crazy. Since then, the Biden administration has provided more than $2.35 billion in taxpayer money to Afghanistan since the Taliban retook control. And I will say this. They were not soldiers. They were Marines. No, so, correct. Yeah. 13 uh, Marines. For all of you former, not retired, or retired, not... Uh, not former. Ha- yeah. For all of you Marines out there, we're sorry. The United States remains Afghans- Afghanistan's top patron. Around $1.7 billion remained available for possible disbursement, which means that the money is ready to flow into nonprofit groups and other entities working on reconstruction projects in Afghanistan. But with the Taliban exerting control over nearly every sector, including the NGO community, it is more than likely that a sizable portion of these funds will end up in the coffers of the Taliban. Mm-hmm. The Taliban. Now, I won't feign anger here. In fact... In fact, what I'll do is we will show you a clip. In Escondido, California, yesterday, Ms. Rex. Gold Star families were given the opportunity to speak to a committee about their loved ones who were killed in the line of duty. Cheryl Rex is the mother of Dylan Marola. Dylan Marola, Lance Corporal Dylan R. Marola, 20 was killed in Afghanistan that day. He is from Rancho Cucamonga, California. I want you to listen to what Miss Cheryl Rex says about her interaction with the President of the United States just days after this event took place. Hours. Listen to this story, and we'll have more to say about it after. When Joe Biden our elected president entered the room. When he approached me, his words to me were, my, w- my wife Jill and I know how you feel. We lost our son as well and brought him home in a flag-draped coffin. My heart started beating faster and I started shaking knowing that their son died from cancer and they were able to be by his side. 
also wondering how someone could honestly, sorry, be so heartless to say he knew how I felt a little over 24 hours and learning of my son's death. After this encounter, I have never had any personal correspondence, nor has my son been honored or his name spoken by this commander in chief or his administration on what I feel is because of their failures and poor planning to exit our troops from Afghanistan. The fact is, first, this is not a show where our intent every day is to come on and pile on the President of the United States. Of course not. That's not our intention. However, to stand in front of a, a, a woman, a parent, whose child was killed because of your own incompetence, and to attempt a level of empathy that you do not have, saying that your son Bo, while tragically dying of brain cancer, we don't have to diminish the loss of a son for him as well, your son did not die in combat. He did not come back in a flag-draped coffin. He did not. Now, his fl- coffin was flag-draped. Correct. But he did but not come no, back on a flag, in no a flag-draped ramp. coffin. There was no ramp lowering him down and then walking him down. At Dover, no. Or Andrews. There's no... There's no... There are two... There are two possibilities as to why this happened. One... One, the first one is, he's a liar. He's a liar. He lied straight to her face, didn't think of the consequences, doesn't care about the consequences, and just lied to this woman to save face. That's number one. The other option is that he legitimately is losing his mind and does not remember events as they actually occurred. Mm -hmm. Those are the only two options, by the way. And for a president of the United States, Mitch, neither one of them are good. Right. Neither one of them are good. We have to get back to the point where our leaders, instead of shucking and jiving for votes and shucking and jiving for good headlines, actually care about the people that they represent. And when you're the president of the United States, do you know what that means? Your constituency is everybody. You're not a U.S. senator anymore. You don't just answer to the people of Delaware. You are the president of the United States. You authorized the execution of one of the worst withdrawals we've we've seen in modern American history that cost the lives of 13 service members for no reason. For no reason. And then since then, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin, John Kirby, Anthony Blinken, and the president himself have all called it a success. Mm-hmm. It was successful. When you lose 13 U.S. servicemen and women, it ain't successful. Right? Don't don't pour water on my leg and then tell me it's raining to clean up a phrase. Yeah. Don't do that. It's And it's absurd that you would then lie to a woman who has lost her child so recently, it's fresh, it's within raw. Hour, within hours, yes. And lie to her to her face. Well... We're coming up on the two-year anniversary of this, 
And I think it's only fitting to close out this story with saying those 13 service members' names. Um, and we're going to, we're, we're not going to make a big deal out of this, but we're just going to move on to the next um, portion of the show after this. Staff Sergeant Darren T. Hoover, Sergeant Jahani Picardo, Sergeant Nicole G., Corporal Hunter Lopez, Corporal Dagan Page, Corporal Umberto Sanchez, Marine Corps Lance Corporal David Espinoza, Lance Corporal Jared Schmitz, Lance Corporal Riley McCollum, Lance Corporal Dylan Marola, Lance Corporal Kareem Nikui, Navy Hospitalman Maxton Soviak, and Army Staff Sergeant Ryan Naus. Thirteen. Hard transition. Hard to move on from that one, but we will try. And it's not exactly an easy, an easy transition. Found two. Speaking of transitions. Oh, there you go. That's that's your that's your segue. Sorry, sorry. There we get two, back into the levity of the moment. So, do you want to hear about how we sh- whether we should say sir and ma'am first, or do you want to hear about this other person who has a strict ideology they want to adhere to? Let's go with sir and ma'am because I'm a good right. old Southern boy. Here's here's somebody again. Both of these clips, courtesy of Libs of TikTok. So thank you. Uh, Chaya for putting these out there. Here's this person talking about um, gendered language. Love the glass. So there's a conversation that goes around a lot where people who habitually use uh, gendered honorifics like sir or ma'am ask very kindly what a good gender neutral replacement for that would be. And the most common answer from people like me who don't like gendered words applied to us is learn to drop the honorific because most of us don't like to be put in that situation in a quick interaction with a stranger. And the asker will protest that they don't feel like they're respecting people without the honorific. Friends, I see you really trying, and I understand that you've been conditioned really hard to use this kind of language. But I have to ask, who is the respect for in this scenario? Because we're telling you, the best way to respect us is to not use an honorific there. Standards of communication change, and if you're committed to really respecting people, you might want to reconsider the script in your head. These people are so self-absorbed. Who, who is, who is, who is, who is really getting the respect? Uh, the person I call sir or ma'am. Mm-hmm. That's who. Mm-hmm. Would you like? Would you like a refill? Yes, sir. Would you like to check now? Yes, ma'am. Those are two mm-hmm. basic interactions um, that I can think of off the top of my head. How you doing today? Good, doing good, sir. How are you doing? Yeah. Very simple. Very simple. Now we are in a different area of the country. Yeah. In which you call everybody who appears older than you, sir. I there's sometimes when my wife clearly younger there's, than there's sometimes when my wife asks me a question, I'll say yes, ma'am. Oh yeah, like like cause it's just it's just natural, it's just natural to do that. Well, and and it goes beyond the bounds of culture. Um, and and if you're from another part of the country and you're listening to this, first of all, thank you. Uh, second of all, email us. Tell us what you think, or you can comment in the section below. Comment section below. Tell us what you use as these honorifics. I'd call them just uh, manners, st- manners, or <laughs> or terms of respect for someone honorific. It's cute honorific. that we use these fun new terms. Um, military, military. My my, I, I go back to the uh, friend of mine uh, who is in the military, who is an officer in the military, and had a young, fresh, new, cool, um, 
not recruit, but person in their mm-hmm. office, his office. And he was asked by this young uh, person who was new to the office, what are your preferred pronouns? And, of course, his answer was, right. sir. Um, <laughs> so the military has even yeah. done this. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm teaching my boys, and I'm sure you'll teach your children uh, one day, that it is, it is purely and perfectly acceptable to say sir and ma'am. In fact, when they talk to their mother, they better say ma'am. Yes, right. ma'am. No, ma'am. It's a sign of right. respect. So I, I get it. I, I when I was growing up, when we lived um, in the I lived in the South all my life. But we I, don't tell anybody. I have Yankee relatives mm. um, in New York, upstate New York, not that god awful place down, you know, uh, New York City, mm-hmm. but up in the Syracuse Buffalo area. And I would say yes, ma'am, and she'd say no. That's yes, Aunt Pat, or yes, Uncle. Call me Steve. by my name, and, and it, that was really hard to break. Yeah. Uh, you know the habit. I get it. I, I, I just struggle with the whole idea of for decades. No, I'm sorry, century, nearly millennia. We have in society and culture honored people mm-hmm. with a sir or madam, sire or madam. I know that's civilized. You know the hegemonic power that is, but it's a sign of respect. It's a you know even people that are younger than I clearly and I'm getting a gray hair in the beard now it, it it's clear to me that they're younger and that's okay I'm still going to respect them by saying sir ma'am yes ma'am no ma'am yes sir it's, no sir it's it's self absorption it's I have to change everything about society including the way you speak because the way you speak intentionally or unintentionally ha- could harm me final one today as we wrap up. The, the transgender ideology at its core is a tool being used by Satan to destroy the image of God. Yes. That's number one. By the way, if you haven't seen the movie Nefarious, I encourage you to see it. Great movie. Number two, there is a natural conclusion to these movements, and these movements are religious in nature. They'll say they're secular, but they're religious. Here's, here's how I can draw that comparison for you, if you would indulge me for just a second. And I think I've said this on the show before. When you go to what was Caesarea Philippi, uh, Banus, mm-hmm. in Israel, this is where Jesus, talking with Peter, said, you know, Peter, uh, upon this rock I'll build my church. He's not talking about Peter. Peter wasn't the first pope. I'm not going to go there. It... In that general vicinity, there is an altar to the to the god Pan, to the idol Pan. Mm-hmm. Pan had a goat head, and they would honor Pan sacrificially by tossing their babies into... Now, at this point, the headwaters of the Jordan would come through um, the mountain. They don't anymore, really. Um, they've kind of shifted course. It's very interesting. But they would throw the baby in there. And if the baby floated, yeah. And if the baby didn't, then Pan was not satisfied. Now, if you go there now, actually over the course of time, more and more temples to idols were built, mm-hmm. one on top of the other. Each one of them going a step further, each one of them, the major sacrament being child sacrifice, but later it would include different sexual proclivities and... All these other things. My point being, 
every warped religious ideology that is not based in the Judeo-Christian system eventually, eventually extrapolated out will lead to child sacrifice. It, it, yeah, it's yeah. just it's just how it works. And we're seeing that here in the United States of America with hormone treatment, quote-unquote, and with, quote, gender-affirming care, unquote, which is genital mutilation of children. So, naturally, the the end of transgenderism and the end of the transgenderism push will come to include this. It will wrap it in. Mm-hmm. Listen to this man. Biological ex- male. Explain what he wants to have as his history-making moment. The first trans woman to have a successful uterus transplant, ovaries and eggs included. And I want to be the first trans woman to have an abortion. I will let a doctor who has successfully transplanted a uterine complex before cut the organs out of a willing, healthy, transmasculine donor, place them in my body. I will devote myself, heart and soul, to their aftercare. I will have as much gay sex as it takes with as many trans women as it takes and let the transphobes and homophobes scratch their heads wondering what to make of it. And I want to be the first trans woman to have So all of this is purely evil. You can see it in the crazy eyes. Um, Number one, probably should have given you the disclaimer before that. Um, So this person wants a uterine complex, which is uterus, ovaries, all of it, taken out of somebody else and implanted inside of them. I can put a Chevy motor in a Ford. Don't make it a Chevy. So then, then he explains what sort of sexual activity he would then participate in, which, mm-hmm. because you have a uterus, guess what's needed for mm-hmm. a baby to be created? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? You're there? Yeah. Okay, good. So what's interesting is he's working in the binary at that point. Then, the reason why he wants to do this is so that he can then go to a doctor and have the baby chopped up. Or vacuumed out, or whatever. I'm going to skip over, because I think that if you're listening to this, um, you're... Uh, I struggle with this. Your mind, and possibly even your heart, immediately run to outrage. How dare this young man, who is obviously dysphoric and confused... How dare he say these things in his confusion of who he is and his self-identity, the mutilation he wants to do to his own body. Mm -hmm. That's number one. The obvious rejection of God's perfect natural law Mm -hmm. and the rejection of... I I can't imagine how his body is going to handle that. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to go and procreate 
in God's design, however confused he is about what he's saying, in God's design, and then once I have conceived, I am going to destroy another life. I've already destroyed my own, so I might as well destroy one more. And that is my intent. I'm going to skip over outrage to heartbreak. Yeah. That that video is more sad than anything. I'm bro- I, I, I'm watching that. I You gave that to me cold. I am broken over this guy, young mm-hmm. man, mm-hmm. and his decisions here. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm just going to look. If you're, if you're listening and you're not watching, um, I'm looking at the camera. I, I see you. Uh, I'm looking at you as people of courage, conviction, and faith and saying, let's, and, and, and there will be a time where we can, you know, let the release of outrage. And I'm not saying we act on that or anything like that, but it's good to vent that safely, securely, responsibly. We have got to allow the heartbreak that we feel mobilize us in a way that we go with the love of Christ and the truth of Christ to influence, and if at all possible, with his grace and by his grace, rescue these people. Yeah. Because they... They're trapped. And and I don't want to overstate the obvious here. There is an eternal destination for everyone listening, watching, and and who we have shown you today, mm-hmm. whether it's the 13 service men and women who gave their lives for our country, whether it is the mothers, the Gold Star mothers, whether it is the President of the United States of America, whether it's Justin and I, whether it's you, whether it's the young men and women that we've shown you in these clips. Mm-hmm. There, and, and I'm getting preachy, I know. There is an eternal destination for every man and woman, boy and girl. The reality of that needs to sink in in a way that we understand that we not only have an opportunity to charge into the darkness with the light and the grace and the truth and the hope of Jesus, but we have an obligation. And if we don't do so, this young man that you've just watched, and possibly even if mind-bogglingly successful in his goal, the baby that he aborts, they have an eternal destination. And we have got to speak truth and grace and love and hope, but truth right. into our culture. So we're seeing the sad things that, that come from this. Uh, so a couple of different storylines that we wanted to bring you today, a couple of different things that I felt were important for us to chat about on the show today. Again, tomorrow on Wednesday, we will be talking with Jake Crane of Crane & Company, talking about sports. We're going to change the game, talk <laughs> pun. That'll um, be fun. So we're going to talk about some lighthearted things. Well, I don't know. Some people take them kind of seriously. We'll be talking about that. So if you like football, if you like baseball, if you like sports make sure to join us tomorrow we'll be talking about that tomorrow that conversation will be released in the afternoon you want to make sure that you're uh watching that and and listening to that that's all the time we have for today got to get out of here got more things to do outside of the show but we appreciate your support of the show and if you want to learn more about us you can go to palmettofamily.org 
and subscribe to our email newsletter. That's the best way to stay in touch with us. If you want to email us any questions, you can do that email at palmettofamily.org. We'll be happy to respond to you, and who knows, maybe feature your questions on the air as well. For Mitch Prosser, I'm Justin Hall. We'll talk to you next time right here on the fastest-growing and strongest conservative talk show in South Carolina, the Palmetto Family Matters Show.